Hello and welcome to Big Problems, Small Solutions. Today, I'm very pleased to welcome a guest, Mark Massa from Latat Managing Technologies. He's here to introduce his project, N-Track. Uh, Mark, would you like to give us a rundown of it? Yeah, th thank you, Scott. Um, yeah, um, the N-Track project, it's, it's a European project that it's, it's, it's about the development of uh, multimodal <clears throat> nanoparticles to track stem cells for therapy on a muscle regeneration. The, the proposal aims to develop, uh, scale up and characterize uh, nanoparticles as an imaging system to uh, follow the, the stem cells when they're the human being in order to, to see them. Because we know that up to now, the therapy based on stem cells, we cannot track them, we cannot see them. So expect that the stem cell will perform their function and they will remain on the location where these cells are injected and, and nothing else. There's no tools. So based on this uh, requirement, we propose uh, this, this project to develop these uh, nanoparticles. The nanoparticles are a golden a gold shell iron core that will be loaded into stem cells in order to enable different imaging systems such as MRI, CT, and it was also considered to use uh, the PET system, imaging system, including radioactivity. Okay, so uh, these nanoparticles, they're iron core. Um, do they have uh, magnetic properties? They must do if you're putting them through an MRI machine. Yeah, this is this is the idea. We the 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 idea was to develop uh, these uh, multimodal uh, nanoparticles to be able to once the uh, patient is being treated with the stem cells, we have focused on on, on muscle regeneration. So the stem cells will be injected into the lesion or where the, the, the patient requires. The, the stem cell will remain there and will be uh, loaded with these nanoparticles. And then we can see these nanoparticles based on their magnetic properties, the iron core or the, uh, the, the CT properties based on the uh, gold uh, shell. And then we can just locate precisely the, the stem cells. This is the, 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 the just to try to label stem cells in a, in a broad way. Okay. And then you can ideally track them yeah. if they were to be, you know, moved around the body or shattered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, 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 the idea is it's, it's double. One is to see that the, the therapy is, is, is working properly and the stem cells remain on the therapeutic area that will perform the, the activity that it's, it's planned beforehand. And it's known that some stem, stem cell therapies may cause uh, some undesired side effects or they will uh, migrate to another regions of the body that it has no sense to be there. So the, uh, the concept behind the, these nanoparticles is to support the clinical development and the preclinical development on, on new cell therapies. We are not focusing on to develop a, a product itself that can be sell in a commercial framework for commercial uh, therapies. It's more in the clinical development in order to foster these uh, stem cells according to the regulatory requirements of the uh, regulatory authorities that are asking for, well, okay, you have a new stem cell therapy. Give me the, the information that these stem cells are safe and they will remain, which is the dose required for reaching the desired uh, therapeutic effect. So these nanoparticles, once loaded and 
walking to demonstrate that are safe and they has no toxic effect once they are loaded into the cells. So this is one of the main activities uh, right now to demonstrate that the loaded stem cells uh, keep their uh, therapeutic uh, effect mm-hmm. independently that they have or they don't have the nanoparticles intra in intracellular. Yes, because um, the exosomes in a cell mm-hmm. generally tend to uh, eject nanoparticulate yeah. matter. Yeah. So you've done studies on testing whether the nanoparticles stay in the cells. Yeah. Yes. Yes. When when we were creating this consortium, we were looking for to reduce the variability of the risk. To reach this concept or to follow this strategy, we uh, got in touch with a Israel company, Blue Stem, that they are developing stem cells. They are already on phase clinical three. So these stem cells are already very close to the market. So we, in this way, we know that no problems or no concerns about the toxicity of these cells we will have to look for. We will just set the focus on the loaded stem cells. In this sense, we just were loading these nanoparticles inside the cells, and then we try to perform the analysis of the fate of these stem of these nanoparticles once they are loaded into the uh, to these stem cells. Therefore, mm-hmm. we know we will know if they are going to the lysosome or they are going to be secreted. How long will remain inside the cell, and if they are if the fact that nanoparticles are inside the cell are affecting the paracrine effect of the stem cells because this we know that these stem cells' uh, functionality is based on the secretion of certain uh, growth factors that will repair this muscle. Mm-hmm. So we, we just, it's a kind of, it, with the study just to compare, okay, we have stem cells with and without nanoparticles, we know where they are being uh, stored or, or the, the precise, more or less the precise location inside the cell. And then we go, okay, they will remain the same functionalities. Okay, will, it seems so. And the next step we go for in vivo settings to, to see, uh, again, in two different ways, the, toxic, the toxicity and the functionality of the stem cell are kept uh, in a perfect, without any, any uh, disturbation. So we go for... Uh, a rat model to of, of muscle injury, mm-hmm. and the next step will be to uh, to go for a large animal in vivo model. We have selected sheep. We will perform an in vivo assay with around yeah, thirty sheep with different therapeutic uh, groups. So with the cells without the nanoparticles, the cells with the nanoparticles, and then we lysate these cells. So we in- will inject destroyed cells and the nanoparticles to see where these nanoparticles are being stored, where will where these nanoparticles will remain. I would say for sure they will go for spleen, liver, and maybe some lymph nodes according to what is published so far. And then we will go also to the proof of concept that these stem cells loaded with nanoparticles, they uh, keep the functionality so they will remain we have the, the, the effect, this, the, the desired effect of the stem cell. Independently, they have or they don't have the particles. So it's uh, the strategy, it's, it's quite similar in the drug discovery uh, process. So we have identified a, a compound or, or a new entity. In this uh, situation, we 
place it into inside the cells, and then we try to characterize them, understand the mechanism of action, the so-called target engagement. That means that nanoparticles, which just have been stored, if they are an undesired effect, uh, etc., and then we go for the preclinical proof of concept as a single product, stem cell plus nanoparticles in an in vivo setting. And at the end of the project, we will run a complete battery of a GLP toxicology testing with a, there's a, there's a company here that will perform this, this analysis as it was a, a standard drug, a standard new molecular entity. So the main goal is in two different ways, okay? It, we are developing a, a kind of a imaging agent that will help the, the characterization of uh, the stem cells, the forthcoming stem cells that for sure they will come into the market in the, in the next coming days. But at the same time, we're just demonstrating that our, our, the effect of the nanoparticles is neutral and it's just a tool mm-hmm. for to help uh, those pharma companies or academic groups to develop uh, stem cells. I, was, I have to say that we have uh, some difficulties in terms of uh, scaling up these nanoparticles for the uh, regulation requirements. From the very beginning, we were aware that the regulatory uh, framework it was uh, really relevant. It will affect the whole project. So inside the consortium, there are two. Uh, there's one company, Spanish company, one consultancy company on, on regulatory questions, also... There's a group from the Ministry of Health from the Netherlands. The first thing we, we did, I think it's one year and a half ago, we, we went to the EMA. The EMA was, uh, still was in, in, in London. So we had, we had a meeting with the Innovation Task Force in order to define these nanoparticles. The main question was that if these nanoparticles are considered as a drug, as a new molecular entity, or as a medical device. Mm-hmm. We had a, a very nice discussion. According to the recommendation, we, we should follow a different roadmap, a different path for the development of these nanoparticles. And we, we did not have a clear con- conclusion from, from them, but it looked like that they were more prone to define it as a medical device rather than a, a drug. And this is the strategy we are currently following. Actually, we were quite... Um, let's say, happy because the, the development path, the development roadmap for a medical device, it's not an easy, but it's easier than, than a drug. We have to follow different clinical phases. So now we are just moving into the getting in touch with different uh, notified bodies to uh, clearly define the required assets, the required information they will be asking for the, for, for the approval of these nanoparticles to be used in the future. We want to end up to be ready for the first in human testing. So get all the uh, preclinical package uh, ready, including the imaging information. It's planned to perform MRI, CT, and PET imaging with the different animal models in order to demonstrate that these nanoparticles are good, that can be used for, for the stem cell development, but are also are safe and they uh, don't have any, any toxic effect. Uh, yes, this is more or less the, 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 the strategy we, we, have, uh, we have followed, we are following actually. And on the other hand, we had, as I just started a few, few minutes before, we had some problems regarding the escalation of the nanoparticle, the industrial production of the nanoparticles, because 
the regulatory authorities ask us to have a very precise definition in terms of size, uh, composition, dispersity, etc. And um, during the project, we find that the, to scale up this iron core gold shell nanoparticles, according to the properties we have defined beforehand, we could not reach it. We uh, we got in touch with the project officer on of the project, and we suggested to create a pipeline of nanoparticles. So we split the project into two different nanoparticles. The one that can have a, a better progress, it will be just a gold nanoparticles with a specific, very specific concentration to have a, a nice uh, CT contrast. And we will keep working, but more at in the discovery or more at the clinical level, this iron core and gold shell nanoparticles because of the escalation, because we wanted to follow good manufacturing practices. There were some restrictions or limitations or requirements that we have to follow according to the, uh, these rules that we could not sort it out in a given time because this, this, this situation there was a, a kind of a deviation of the, the proposal because of it. It was, was really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, yeah, the, 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 despite that the project is, is still ongoing, there's one, there's, uh, I think, 18 months ahead left. The, the first take-home message was to, if you want to go to the, to the market, that is, that is the main goal, just double-check the regulatory framework and double-check the industrial scale-up because at the laboratory you can do a, a lot of things in a different way so use centrifuges or maybe you can discard a certain quantity of for instance of gold that it will have a, a huge impact on on the on the costs of the production but if you go for a half a liter or a few liters of uh, nanoparticles centrifuging could be uh, an issue for instance or if you are discarding some gold during the, the synthesis process, it will have an impact on your on your costs and at the end of the day on the on the cost of the production of the nanoparticles. So this is really relevant things we we had to face during the this 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 proposal while the different models, different the animal models, the different cell uh, in vitro model were just under development and we got in touch with the, the authorities, but we had this this issue that I think it could be common to other projects that are related with the nanoparticles. So lab scale things could be easy, but once you want to scale up, the first thing is there are not that so many companies that are compliance to GMP fabrication of nanoparticles. That can do the kind of scaled up production you're requiring yeah no they are not too much and once you find one for the large production it's a difficult path that everyone has to have to follow but just double check that the process from the very beginning if you are planning to go for a a large scale just to be careful about that because biology you know Mm -hmm. You never know what will happen because using very complex systems and you have good or bad results, have to tune it. But to tune and to characterize, you first have to have the, the, the product that at the end of the project 
you have to be able to demonstrate that there are no differences in between batches. There are no the, the characteristics of the nanoparticles uh, has no change throughout different syntheses and escalations. And it's it's important. I think it's one of the big, big issues we've been going through and, and still just dealing with. Yeah, batch to batch uh, differences sounds like a real hurdle to get mm. over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, the yes, it's just is this this shift from from the laboratory to the to industrial scale, and it increased the number of assays to be performed, and the uh, not only duplicates and triplicates uh, good characterization. It always takes time. If you want to go for a. a DLS testing or a mass aspect characterization for the quantification of the gold, the concentration, and even try to define the number of uh, the quantity of nanoparticles to be loaded into the stem cells or into the cells, I would say. We are just trying to go in very precise to know, okay, are we loading uh, 2 million, 3 million nanoparticles, which is the precise number, and how many of them will remain inside the cell? Once they are inside the cell, how are they, how these nanoparticles are behaving? And then just to go, if this number of nanoparticles inside the cell uh, have enough gold, for instance, to be seen uh, using a, a CT system. Yeah, this is one of the process. And also, there's some 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 activities. In, in terms of uh, modeling the in vivo based on the uh, medical imaging systems. There's, there's a group, there's a company in Greece that are performing um, a kind of uh, avatars based on the based on the imaging we are just uh, collecting from the in vivo models in order to create, uh, yes, uh, mice and, and rat and we will perform a sheep avatar in order to to develop a machine learning algorithms to increase the precision of the detection of this number of cells because there's a limitation according to the easy these imaging systems. I think the more uh, sensitive system is the is the, the, the PET system. So we are we, it's 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 able to detect around 10,000, 15,000 cells that are labeled radioactively. So using this uh, this modeling based on artificial intelligence, we can go even lower. We, we wanted to go to 500 cells or even less based on this uh, characterization of the stem cells loaded with nanoparticles. We took, we will take some images. They will fit the uh, this algorithm and then try to uh, yes try to predict the if the cells are, are moving around the in vivo model and if they remain just to track them this is the, the final concept of the of the proposal just to okay from one side we have the, the more or less standard drug development process the preclinical preclinical regulatory, regulatory preclinical assays characterization safety toxicology and efficacy and another side we follow the industrialization and the escalation of all systems that are involved. So we can say now that we can produce in a, in a good scale the nanoparticles the world want. The uh, Israel company can produce 
millions and millions of stem cells since they are on phase clinical three. And the, also it's been followed by everything it's um, in, um, involved and, and surrounded by the regulatory requirements that we have to, to, to respond to the questions that I will be uh, just facing in the future for, for the approval. Yep. And in the last point is just to make, to provide and take advantage of the uh, artificial intelligence to improve the sensitivity and to be able to track at more precise level where these nanoparticles are moving based on the information collected during the, the project. Okay. So a um, couple of yeah. questions, if I may. Mm. The radiosensitive nanoparticles that you can track through um, SPECT-CT or what have you, um, do you think that they could be used as uh, if the cells were to like go out of place and wind up somewhere in the body that you don't want? Do you think they could be sensitized with IR or something to actually you know, cause cell death and remove those stem cells? No, no. The, the, the radioactive uh, labeling of these nanoparticles is thought as a... As a, as a imaging only? Yeah, just for imaging. Yep. Yeah. As, a, as a tool to, to gather more information, to get more precise information on the location of these nanoparticles. It's not part of the, of the plan to use these uh, radioactive uh, nanoparticles for, for human use. Despite we, mm-hmm. we are using quite a standard radioactive molecules, you know, FTG for glucose is being used and the clearance it's 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 it's, it's fine, but mm-hmm. since these nanoparticles uh, will remain inside the cells in a radioactive, I want by now it's not of the of the main goals to go for this direction. It could be in the future if we can mm-hmm. assure and demonstrate that are safe. And maybe the radioactive uh, half-life is quite short. Okay, we have a very precise signal. Okay, we can just... Okay, we have this information, right, as it's being used for with uh, FDG. But now the, 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 the product, as we used to say, mm-hmm. is, is, is just a, the nanoparticle covered with uh, glucose to, to, to improve the, uh, the endocytosis. It's not, I, I won't say endocytosis, just the cell loading. It's not absolutely clear that it's an endocytosis process behind, but it's a nanoparticle covered with glucose that it's easily uh, internalized by the cell and, and it remains there. And then we, uh, it will it, it enable to see can see if they are just uh, having a duplication rate different, that it will dilute the concentration of the nanoparticles. So they will have some kind of uh, <clears throat> information here, or they will migrate from the site that should be there, or if they die, and though the content will be released and then will be collected presumably by the macrophages and, and they will bring it to the lymph nodes or they will go into the bloodstream and they will be accumulated on the liver, on the spleen. This kind of characterization is where we are just looking for. But the definition of the, the, the concept uh, agreed with the, uh, with the regulatory, uh, according to regulatory authorities, uh, to be defined the intended use of this n- n- N-TRAC nano, nano label 
it's a monitoring cell therapy with, with, with for, for labeled stem cells to be used during development in a non-clinical and clinical of new cell therapies. This is the, the, the main purpose. If they may have a therapeutic effect, then we will have to follow a, a drug development process, complete the drug development process of phase one, phase two, phase three, and for sure, according to the classification as a medical device, that it could be quite complex. We will have to, in the future, I hope we will have to perform a, a clinical trial, but according to the current regulation of the European authorities, it's not that long as, a, as it, if it was a, a drug. Do you think that the decrease in overall cell uh, signal for the nanoparticles could be mathematically linked to cell division and proliferation? Or do you think that it would be difficult to do that if the nanoparticles are entering the the lymphatic system mm-hmm. or the, the waste system? Uh, we are working on that. So... The, the yeah it can be it's one of the, mm-hmm. the, the the goals to to develop computational models to understand and then the number of cells that are in the point of interest and it's also really important before loading it into the cells to be to characterize very precise the, the cells we are just dealing with hopefully these the stem cells we are we are using are extremely well characterized so we know the duplication rate, you know, the secretion of exocrine factors, and they're really, really very, very well characterized. And also, we know that these beforehand, that these, for instance, these stem cells are not going to fuse into the muscle fibers that will may have a problem there that the nanoparticle will remain for a longer time. So it's part of our of our research to see what happened with uh, these stem cells. We know that the, the proliferation rate is quite low, so presumably we will have remained there as a, as a they, they act as a satellite cells of the muscle. It's part of the, of the activities, and we are taking advantage of some of the computational models for modeling the lesion in, in a CT system. So we quite recently have published the modeling of the of the lesion in order to know how it will progress uh, throughout the time how and then we can use it as a as a as a template to see if the nanoparticles are affecting or not affecting the therapeutic effect and they will help us to fit these uh, cells with nanoparticles they will remain and it uh, can be comparable with other uh, imaging uh, systems that we'll be using to see, okay, the, nan- the nanoparticles are there. We can see the nanoparticles, so therefore the cells are there and are coherent with the computational model of the uh, progression of the lesion without any any therapeutic effect. The nanoparticles' behavior inside the body, based on the, the data we'll be collecting from the toxicological point of view, in, for instance, we are injecting these nanoparticles uh, intravenously, just to, just to know where we'll be uh, accumulating. We're injecting in different uh, ways these nanoparticles, with or without cells, uh, with lysates. We have a number of uh, of assays to uh, to warranty the safety of these nanoparticles, because in some instances this. We have. We hope that this nano labeling system for stem cells 
can be uh, spread it out to other uh, stem cell types. So we are just focusing on, on, a, on, a, on a single stem cell mm-hmm. and we are just setting up a number of assays to characterize them. And one of the points of attention is try to make it a, a general method mm-hmm. for nano-labeling stem cells and to reach this goal, then we have to test it at least with some others uh, stem cells and characterize them at least in vitro. Do you foresee making a standardized N-track nanoparticle that then can be applied to multiple different stem cells? Yes, yes. This is one of the the, the objectives. Uh, I know it's 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 quite ambitious. Uh, uh, according to our uh, technological vigilance and uh, intellectual property monitoring, there are not too many projects or, or, or initiative in that sense. In some instance, we are quite in the in the front line of this kind of uh, imaging system based on nanoparticles. I think it's it's good and bad at the same time because we don't have too much references in terms of uh, safety or in terms of uh, efficacy and potential uh, adverse uh, let's say adverse drug reactions against these nanoparticles. Mm-hmm. But we wanted, yeah, it's part of the of the goals of, of the strategy for the exploitation of this system to go for a general method for uh, labeling uh, stem cells. Since the regenerative medicine, it's an, uh, it's getting a lot of uh, uh, attention and it has a look of a lot of uh, potential for future treatments and. We are quite convinced that to enable people, uh, to, to enable the industry to, to see precisely, see the dosage and the number of stem cells to be treated for a certain type of disease, it would be quite helpful. And from the, uh, also from the commercial, maybe the exploitation perspective, to have, a, let's say, a kind of a bottle full of uh, nanoparticles with a standard a procedure to, to load your stem cells or a given stem cells could be quite helpful. It's much more simpler than other that you just deliver the stem cells already loaded because it is quite complicated in that sense. Yes. So, yeah, we're going for it. We're trying to have a, a general method for, for labeling stem cells. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for uh, presenting your project. Uh, very nice to talk to you and I hope to Talk to you again soon. Thank you very much, Scott. My pleasure. Bye.